gonna we're not gonna pass you again. Yes, sir. Let's go, man. Yes, sir. Dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, we've been excited about this. I, I thought we lost you when we moved up, and I'm excited to get you here. We're excited to get you here. we got a heck of a foundation growing, man. It's going to be fun. Do me? Yes, sir. I can't wait. All gas, brother. Let's roll, man. Hey, I'm What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter and Instagram, Turn on the Jets on Facebook. How's everybody doing today? Huge weekend for the New York Jets franchise. A couple of uh, franchise-changing picks, we all hope. Um, you know, a lot, of it, and a lot of exciting talent added to the roster, and we'll break it down here for you. Get you go over, you know, pick by pick on days one and two, and then get into a couple of day three sleepers and undrafted free agents, the guys. I mean, the, the guys at uh, Forum Park were able to bring on board and and see how it might impact the team going forward. And then we'll preview a little bit of what's going on on Turn of the Jets podcast for the next couple of months, getting you ready, schedule release in, in two weeks' time. We'll have you covered for that. And then uh, throughout the offseason with some huge guests and players coming on, um, some guests from you know NFL Network, ESPN, and Bleacher Report as well. Lots of exciting stuff. So stay tuned for that, and we'll uh, we'll get right into the picks. As we, as we kind of talked about um, you know, a couple of days ago, Zach Wilson, obviously, um, we talked about him a bunch. Everyone's kind of kind of cued in on, on the Zach Wilson pick overall. Um, just wanted to, you know, one more time go over. Super exciting, obviously, for the Jets franchise, right? Not only, with, you know, the disappointment of Sam not working out here and, you know, a couple of the quarterbacks, the Genos and Hackenbergs of the world, and then, you know, even go back towards Sanchez, who, you know, won some playoff games, but obviously was not here long term. There's every reason to be excited about Zach Wilson. He's a prospect that many people have is even potentially their QB one guys like Chris Sims have is their QB one. And most people have, you know, he was very worthy of a top five pick. The Jets had a huge glaring need a quarterback and they took a guy with huge, huge upside, the personality, the maturity, as you saw over the weekend, doing all these different interviews and things of that nature um, was able to handle himself in the media as well as you could ask for mature. seems like a humble kid, but it's got an edge to him um, from everything you hear. They're driving 10 hours during COVID to go work with John Beck out in California. Something that was super impressive in, to me. Um, you know, the flashy arm swagger he's got, I think all those things lead to him having every reason to be successful here in New York. So, you know, the Jets, as we'll get into, surround Zach Wilson with a lot of talent, both in free agency and through the draft. And that's how you, that's how you build around a young quarterback. And I think there's every reason to have high expectations of him. Will he be a home run, you know, week one, throw for 500 yards, five touchdowns? Probably not. But um, there's every reason to be excited, like I said. And, and I think, you know, you look at some of the over-unders that are already set on his, um, you know, yards and touchdown totals, you know, by Vegas, I think are pretty spot on. Um, you know, they have him in a 17-game season at, you know, 3,800 yards, 22 passing touchdowns. I would say most likely probably the under on yards over on touchdowns. But, uh, you know, you go you go into the Zach Wilson pick again. I think they can, this could be a home run pick. If Zach Wilson's good, the whole rest of the draft's mute because they got their franchise quarterback. So, um, you know, obviously you move down the line, they trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker. I think this is a pick that for some reason has been getting some criticism um, from the fan base, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, the Jets have had some of the worst guard play in the NFL over the past half decade, and they just went up and got the best guard in the draft. The guy who's not only just a guard, he's versatile, can play tackle. Um, great kid, great strength, aggression to his game. Putting him next to Mekhi Becton 
is an absolute home run for this franchise. You should run the ball off the left side and like set and then play action off of, you know, off of that and get Zach Wilson on the move, you know, out to his, you know, stronger right side all game long. It's going to open up things for Corey Davis, going to open up Denzel Mims, you know, obviously we'll get into it, but Elijah Moore, Jameson Crowder's on the roster, which probably he will not be. But at the end of the day, the Jets, I think, did fantastic with this. There's no guarantee those third round picks the Jets would have gotten. I know I've seen people, oh, they could have gotten this guy at this pick. You don't know. You know, you're you're trying to get the best guys available and meet that with your need. Elijah Vera Tucker was a guy on their board who was a top 10 player, and they were able to get him at 14. They didn't get ripped off in the trade. I mean, they, I guess, technically on draft point scale, lost by 45 points in the grand scheme of things. If Elijah Vera Tucker's a starter for the next 10 years and a pro bowler, do we care? No. So I'd be happy with what they got, especially in that round one. You you land a quarterback who you think can be a stud, and then you go up and get a guy who is going to be a stud. I'm pretty as convinced, as sure as I could be, of you know, pick was Elijah Vera Tucker. Again, you hear you talk about him, you trains with Elijah Moore, you you hear him talk about you know this mentality, this culture change he wants. And when you've got offensive linemen like Mikai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker wanting to maul people and talk about culture change and embodying their head coach, that's got to get you freaking excited because isn't that not what you want in, you know in a in a team to kind of embody their head coach. So I would not worry about the two third round picks. The Jets had plenty of picks. They had, they, you know, got 10 guys, but another seven in undrafted free agents. There's no, you know, there's again, no guarantee those third round guys would have either been there or been home runs. There's a reason they're third round guys. The Jets got two top 10 players, you know, in the first round on, uh, you know, on Thursday night. So be excited about that. Stop worrying about the picks. If you want a guy, you go get them, you get best player available. And then that need, that's a home run for me. Then we'll move on to pick 34. This is the one that it's pretty interesting for me at 23. I talked about for the last you know month or two, I thought they go O-line or they actually, you know, they do go Elijah Moore or a, uh, you know, a, a slot guy, Kadarius Tony there as well. Rondell Moore was rumored. Elijah Moore is an awesome football player. Production off the charts, right? Led the, led the NCAA in yards per game, put up 86 catches in a, in a COVID season and, and Yards off the charts, big plays, good hands, goes over the middle. Half the time, you won't even see him wearing gloves, and that's when you know if Jets fans, you should see. <laughs> you know, looking back, Wayne Corbett going over the middle of that slot guy, but this is Wayne Corbett on steroids if you really think about it. More of a Santana Moss-type build and, and kind of play style. Um, I think Elijah Moore is going to be awesome this offense. Jet sweeps, handoffs, getting him th- in motion constantly, having him, you know, defenses kind of fear him, him in that. Not the Debo Samuel role, kind of, but this guy's an explosive route runner, playmaker, and I think he's a home run threat. The Jets just simply have not had in a very long time. And if he becomes Santana Moss and you got the outside guys and Mims and Davis doing their thing in the play action game, stretching the field, uh, you know, this offense is going to be able to really help Zach Wilson. That's how you build around your young quarterback. Another weapon for, you know, Zach Wilson, a guy that's going to protect him, building a wall around him sure up that left side of the offensive line and then like I said another guy QB friendly target small in stature but strong you know 17 reps at 225 when he's 170 pounds goes up and gets it balled out against some of the big in the biggest you know biggest games and best best competition in the SEC um, throwing that Alabama tape you'll be very impressed so I would be excited about Elijah Moore I know there's some talk about oh we want a corner we want an edge there Tevin Jenkins 
Tevin Jenkins had some medical stuff. Ojolari, same thing with the, you know, the generative knee condition. I think he's still a good pick for the Giants at 50 for what it's worth, but at 34, it seems like from everything, you know, I've heard and, and seen from Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, they were going to take him at 23 if he was there. Um, so, you know, that's a player they've had valued three top 23 guys and they got, you know, within the top 34 and they had to get up an extra, really a three. So if you think about it that way, the Jets hit, feel like they hit three home runs, you know, with those guys. And I'm very excited about Elijah Moore. I'm very, very excited about Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, the, the Jets had a theme yesterday and, and throughout the weekend of, you know, drafting guys with the same first name, but um, I'd be very, very happy about their day one and day two picks. I thought there's a possibility they'd trade back up into round three, but as you see, you know, they wanted to accumulate picks and, and continue to build the depth of the roster that way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving into day three, the Jets did something for the first time so they haven't done since 1983. Go four offensive guys back to back to back to back with their first four picks. Um, Jets went Michael Carter running back out of North Carolina. So first of all, the running back room for the Jets has not been great for a little while now. On top of that, obviously, you lose the, the two-yard machine, two-yard per carry machine, and, and Frank Gore. Tevin Coleman's a solid piece, somebody that's had trouble staying on the field. He's a good scheme fit, obviously great speed, but you had a Michael Carter out of North Carolina, split carries with Javante Williams, you know, a top 35 pick himself. But uh, Michael Carter fits, you know, checks all the boxes for this scheme. He's a guy that's a strong runner, quick and fast, but, you know, it's not necessarily – He's a home run threat, but it's not because he's going to run that 4-2, but he's a really powerful runner, willing blocker, willing to catch out of the backfield. You know, I think is a great pick for the Jets. Adds to a really weak room, uh, you know, on their roster and should have an instant impact. I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting week one, um, you know, based on how everything goes. I think the running back room will be an interesting room to watch. They have a lot of guys. It's a crowded room, but it's a room where anybody can kind of kind of grab that starting role, whether it's a Ty Johnson, Michael Piron, who – Looked really good in camp last year and then sprained the ankle and then kind of underwhelmed a bit um, from what it seems like, you know, throughout the year and had a couple of moments, but didn't really wow the fan base. So I'm interested to see over the full offseason how he's able to come back. Um, and then you obviously have the Tevin Coleman and the Michael Carters of the world. I would expect Ty Johnson to potentially make the roster as a special teams guy. And, you know, we'll get into this you know, as the offseason goes on. But, you know, I, Josh Adams is probably, you know, on the outside looking in. But Michael Carters, I thought was a really smart pick. Another guy the Jets had around two great on. Most people had him as a, you know, a day two back and that he would go and the Jets are able to nab him at the top of the fourth round and go offense, 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 build around their young, you know, young quarterback. Now another weapon for him, another stability, you know, stable, you know, blanket for him. And, um, you know, I really like this pick. I think it's something that I don't think people talked about enough because I think people were, you know, oh, running back. No, they needed to get a running back here. Running back room was, you know, there's maybe a Kenny Gainwell, um, you know, could have been a potential pick, but he's more of a receiving back. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Michael Carter performs in this offense. Uh, I think he'll look really good, and, you know, really good in green. And he was extremely excited to be a Jet. Something that cannot be understated here, how excited some of these guys are to go play for Robert Sala. I think, we, you know, we see all the videos. Um, 
it got me juiced up. It should get everybody juiced up watching Robert Sala. But, you know, Michael Carter, the excitement to, to get drafted by the Jets, that's just something that has not happened of recent, right? And, you know, you look at Elijah Moore, pumped up to be a Jet. You saw the A.J. Brown video, very cool. But all these guys excited to go play for Robert Sala, excited to be a part of this Jets organization, change the culture, be something, part of something special. So, um, you know, we move on to, you know, round five. The Jets had a ton of fifth and sixth round picks. Uh, Jamin Sherwood at Auburn. He's somebody that I think people were a little surprised to see. Played safety, played linebacker, you know, did a lot of different things. I think he's somebody the Jets envisioned playing, you know, kind of filling that weekend side, you know, that will roll. They tried to sign Keanu Neal during the offseason. They've got Blake Cashman on the roster, a couple other guys. I think they want to find guys that can cover tight ends. Look at the Patriots specifically, the Dolphins strong at tight end. Even the Bills use a lot of slot guys. So Sherwood makes a lot of sense. Really good tackler, um, kind of comes up and booms people a little bit. It's going to be a kind of flexible piece. I thought um, the pick's kind of grown on me as the more, you know, the more I've kind of dug in deep on him. Uh, again, really great tackler. He's going to cover people in the slot, especially tight ends. I think that'll be, you know, that'd be imperative for the Jets. It's two games against New England, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. You got to play Gusecki twice a year. You look at Buffalo and how much they use, you know, Emmanuel Sanders this year and Cole Beasley and guys. So, you know, the Jets started to, you know, went all offense to start. And then the last six picks are all defense. This one was an interesting one for me. They went Michael Carter out of Duke, um, not to be confused with Darrell Revis's nephew, because he is not Darrell Revis's nephew. Um, smaller guy, probably going to be a nickel corner, you know, at this level, um, you know, 180 pounds, 5'8", but, you know, fast, you know, developmental athlete. Same with, you know, Jason Pinnock out of, out of Pitt, um, somebody, you know, Connecticut local kid, um, really good you know, ball skills, athleticism, you know, was able to get, he got beat over the top a little bit. And that's something that, you know, you hope with the scheme, he'll be able to, uh, to kind of adjust, but, you know, Ray, I was a really, really good athlete um, comparable to Xavier road, people like that, um, you know, kind of on the, you know, athleticism spectrum. So he'll be an interesting guy, something that is incredibly, um, you know, imperative to, to kind of keep in mind. The Jets wanted to give Robert Sala as many offensive weapons and pieces you know, high, high level guys at the top of the drafts on the offensive side of the ball, and then have him develop, quite frankly, a pretty talented defense. Look, they're weak at they're weak at corner and they're really young at corner. They are probably a little light at linebacker, but safety, they've got good depth, as you'll see as this goes on. And then, you know, edge and defensive line wise, probably the best group on their team. So I would just say. Robert Sala wants to develop these young corners. He's done it in the past. He will continue to try to do it. The scheme, he'll try to protect these guys, give them the best opportunity to come in right away. The Jets took shots on day three, which is what you should do building a roster. Proven talent, exciting high-ceiling talent on the offensive side of the ball, and then on the defensive side of the ball, high, high, high upside, but guys probably pretty low floor, maybe special teams guys that hopefully can contribute. But dart throws at great athletes, you can try to coach up the best you uh, you can. So, um, and then you you know you go through the rest of the draft. Um, you know, cornerback out of Kentucky, Brandon Eccles. Um, you know, you you know you go Jonathan Marshall in the sixth round. You know, they just have to go their one interior defensive lineman, Jonathan Marshall. He graded on the one of the highest athlete grades ever for a defensive tackle. Not sure how he'll translate to the next level, just because it's a huge dart throw, but. The raw traits are there, and maybe he's a steal. You look back at, um, you know, round six, you know, and you go, oh, wow, 
Um, you know, you look at probably the, I would say the most intriguing pick of day three outside of Michael Carter, the guy who I think contributes probably a steal is, um, is Hamsa, um, Nasseller Dean from, from Florida state. I'm sure I botched his name and, and I'll try to get better at that, but guy who, you know, coming off a torn ACL, led Florida state in tackles, 2018, 2019, bunch of pass breakups, bunch of interceptions, great value. Um, another hybrid guy, cover the people in the slot, come up and make plays in a run game. He's a guy that I think you'll see by the end of the year, probably will be starting. Um, that's my prediction. Now I'd be excited about this pick. I'd be really excited about the first four picks for this draft for the Jets. I'd be really excited about, um, you know, this pick. And then I would put a little bit of stock in, you know, potentially uh, Jamin Sherwood as well, contributing, you know, pretty early on on both special teams and uh, and on defense. We'll get into uh, now, obviously, you know, overall, what I would say for the Jets draft, I'd probably give it, I'd give it probably an A minus as of now with potential to be an absolute home run, home run draft, maybe a B plus A minus. I think it all depends on how some of these day three guys are able to hit. And if Zach Wilson's as good as we hope, because if Zach Wilson's good, this draft's an A no matter what. And if some of these day three guys on defense able to pan out and the Jets are able to get five starters out of this draft, that is freaking awesome. Four starters, I would say probably day one starters. Um, and then maybe, you know, one or two guys, like I mentioned, Sherwood and, and Hamsa, like that I think potentially could start as well. Going to get into, uh, you know, obviously we just went pick by pick here. Um, like I said, probably B plus a minus draft. I'm really pumped about this draft for the jets. I think this increases, you know, their expectations for 2020, 2021 and kind of beyond. I think it's realistic to think they're a playoff team in 2022. If things go right, I think they, they should be competing for a playoff spot, but you know, year one score points, be competitive. You see improvement from these young guys. In addition to the, you know, Ashton Davis, um, you know, Mims, Beckton's of the world as well. You want to see improvement there. Hopefully a guy like Cam Clark, who I'm not saying is going to be a starter, but the Jets obviously feel pretty decent about him and his development and what they've got to guard, you know, opposite Elijah Vera Tucker, because I think they would have gone guard again if they, you know, were unsure of him. So that's something to watch out for. Another question I, you know, I got was who are the Jets going to target now in free agency you know, Steve Wilson, I mean, Steve Nelson, Brian Poole, you know, maybe Casey Hayward. I would say Sherman's kind of the dream for the Jets um, just because of his leadership, knowledge of the scheme, ability to coach up now probably four to five. That room is really young at corner, really young. Um, I'm not sure Sherman would, you know, come here just based on 33 now, probably wants to try to win another Super Bowl. That's you know, been talked about going back to Seattle potentially. Um, you know, there's this Dallas is the world, the Saints, places like that. Steve Nelson's an interesting one. It's, I'd be interested to see what kind of money you know he would command. Um, I think they should resign Brian Poole. Um, I'm not sure they will, but I, I think that's a guy that I would look out for. Not sure Alex Lewis lasts on this roster, makes a hefty chunk of money. And then Jamison Crowder is the other guy that kind of up in the air. You could keep him, mentor Elijah Moore, kind of groom him for the future. But then again, Crowder does make quite a bit of money and, and, you know, you could reallocate those resources towards corner and, you know, potential veteran guards and things like that. Um, undrafted free agent wise, the Jets actually I think may have, you know, may have done pretty well for themselves. Um, you know, they, I was kind of unsure of, you know, where they go. These guys are, you know, people like this are always kind of, you know, dart throws. 
Um, Kenny Eboa from, you know, from uh, Ole Miss tight end, I think is a good chance to, to make the roster. And quite frankly, the Jets gave him a pretty, pretty nice, you know, base salary and, and signing bonus, you know, 180, 180K base salary guaranteed, 20K guaranteed signing bonus. It's a day, th- it's going to be a day three pick and kind of fell through the cracks. Not a great blocker, but really athletic, good catch, pass catching traits, 6'3, 250. Again, good size. Be should be a guy that's, you know, might make the roster. To be honest with you, I would, I'd be, I'd be on the look. He's a guy I would, you know, um, you know, definitely, definitely keep an eye on. Um, somebody that can make the team is probably my favorite of the signings they've made so far. Um, you know, but and then you even look at the guy, uh, Hamaclair Rashad Jr. from Oregon State. Again, probably Bosch's name, but he's a guy that I'm not sure the scheme fit wise, but was an All-American in 2019, had a down year 2020, and um, they, you know, this is the probably the most notable, notable, uh, you know, undrafted free agent. Um, I, I'd be on the lookout for him. He had 14 sacks in 2019, three-year starter. He's going to make – I bet you he makes this team. Um, I would be surprised if he didn't. And, you know, Ebo, you know, out of Old Miss, I would be – those are the two guys I'd, you know, kind of – keep your eye on um you know going forward in the camp and, and see how those guys kind of uh you know work their way work their way through you know we'll and then in terms of in terms of you know we went through cam clark's development you know probably bodes well for him you know obviously throughout last year covid gase whole nine yards i'd be interested to see what he looks like in pads because we just really haven't seen it. it was hurt a lot a lot going on there um, you know, and then the other thing that, you know, is asked, is there anybody that I wish the Jets would have taken above a different player? I think you can always make the argument at 34, as good as Elijah Moore is, we should have gone, you know, tackle, we should have gone edge, we should have gone corner. Um, I would have loved to see them trade up in around three at the end. Um, they took Michael Carter and I'm very happy, but a guy like Milan Fon, who I thought was a great scheme fit, really good athlete, could have been in probably day one starter opposite Bryce Hall. Uh, I would just, I would like to see him. And then, um, Stone foresight in round six is a tackle. Offensive line help can never get enough of it. I thought I'm shocked he fell. And then, you know, Brevin Jordan out of my tight end out of Miami would have thought in round four, you know, could have gone there. Um, you know, but obviously Ebo kind of covers up that gap. So those are the three names I would have liked to see the Jets take later, rounds four, five, and six, um, that they did not. But overall, I'm very excited with this draft. The first four picks, especially, feel like home runs. Um you know, and then hopefully you hit on one or two of these guys day, day three, and then, you know, one or two undrafted free agents, all of a sudden you start to build a really young, good core of this roster. And that's all you can really ask for, right? Young, exciting guys going to fly around, score points on offense, give yourself, make, be exciting, be fun to watch, groom and grow this young talent and develop it and start to build yourself a sustainable, you know, a sustainable future on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, regardless of, uh, regardless of record this year, you know, I, I'll be interested to see how this kind of pans out. Lastly, I'll, uh, we'll get into a little bit how this kind of affects the Jets going forward. I think probably pre-draft, I would have said the Jets wins at around five. I would say post-draft, optimistically, they could be a seven to eight win team based on schedule, based on addressing best player available and need. Again, gotten so many texts and comments. Oh, they gave up too much for Elijah Vera Tucker. They did not. You are going to be so excited to watch this guy play football. Throwing all my all my chips in the Elijah Vera Tucker basket. Elijah Moore, same thing. Pumped about that. 
Michael Carter addressed the running back room. They got a lot of young, high upside DBs at, you know, both corner in that kind of hybrid, well linebacker safety position. And then you got a scheme, you know, an elite level defensive coordinator, scheme guy in Sala, better edge pressure than you've had in, in a long time. TJ Mosley back, can't understate that. Guy was a, an all pro level performer up until, you know, getting hurt against Buffalo. And then, you you know, Let's hope Zach Wilson is the real deal. I think he will be. I think he'll have growing pains, but I think he'll be successful this year. And the Jets have a million picks next year, two ones, two twos, I believe two threes, or at least two fours. And there's a lot of room to grow. So don't stress about the two picks they get for Vera Tucker. Don't stress about getting Elijah Moore in round two. The Jets addressed offense four times at premium picks and then went a bunch of high upside coachable guys at defense, on defense, and, you know, and then we ride. So going forward, I'll start to get in more in depth on the podcast coming up before the schedule release on May 12th. We'll do a, a live reaction and kind of a, you know, a stupid, uh, stupid to do, but we'll do it anyways. And, you know, kind of predict what we think is going to happen. Um, you know, going forward, we've got some massive, massive guys, guys that you really, um, you know, you guys all, uh, you know, will enjoy. And then, um, you know, you'll go, you know, for, you know, towards, uh, yeah, some current Jets, some former Jets, some guys that'll be super interesting from NFL Network, ESPN, Bleacher Report, um, lots, lots going on, at, you know, on the turn of the Jets pod. Uh, if you're not, you know, following, subscribe, please do. And, uh, you know, you know, we'll go from there. So hope everyone enjoyed, you know, the draft weekend. It's always fun. And hopefully this is a weekend that'll be a turning point for this Jets franchise where we're not we're not getting so excited for the draft because our team is making us excited, uh, you know, September through January. And then, you know, the draft is just supplemental getting a little bit of a jets fix going. So again, I'd probably give it a B plus a minus overall, you know, potentially could even go higher if Wilson or some of these late round picks hit. Do not stress about Vera Tucker trading up for him. It was fair compensation. The jets did fine. Douglas got four guys. He really loved, especially the first four picks, three of them. He thought were top 20 players and got all of them. So, Enjoy your weekend, decompress from the draft, figure out what number these guys are going to get so you can get yourself a jersey because obviously the Jets have traded every other jersey everyone has. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have you coming up, um, you know, this week. And, you know, again, big guests are going to start popping up again, you know, on the pod and, uh, you know, get excited for that. So take care and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys earlier this week.